All right, we're ready. Let me pray. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name right now that you would give us good fertile soil of hearts and minds. Prepare our hearts and minds. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint our eyes to see and ears to hear. I pray that you would speak this through me like living seeds of truth. Lord, help us to get locked in and focused. Get everything out of this. Let faith arise and remain. Lord, I pray this would transform our lives. Let's never be the same. I bless the hearers that everything is accomplished in and through you through this teaching, as God's will be done, and I bless this teaching in this time. And Lord, we thank you for it right now in Jesus' name. I was going to share, so I'm going to start a series next week on faith, but it's not what you think. I know a lot of times you've heard a lot of sermons on faith, but this is going to be a lot different. It has to do with faith, putting faith in the things that we do so that they're not just a dead ritual. Because regardless of whatever you do, take communion or whatever, if you if you don't do it with faith, then it's just going through the motions. It doesn't have any real power to it, if that makes sense. So, I mean, that falls under any category, whether it's laying out of hands, anointing with oil, whether it's, um, you know, a ministry of any kind, okay? If you don't have faith in it, it's not going to have the punch and the power to it that it's intended to have. And so the way you get faith is by hearing the Word of God, okay? And so... What I wanted to do was give you something. Now this, I'm really starting this next week, but this is just kind of a nugget right here. And so the next, sorry, next week for about two, maybe three weeks, I'm going to do a series on that, and I feel it's extremely important, okay? But let me talk just real quick about communion. It was interesting because God had on my heart to share about communion. And then Benny, we went to Benny Hinn meeting last night, and he shared on communion. So I thought that was really neat, okay? It's kind of like, God is just speaking that to us right now, okay? But let me give you a few things because I want your faith. When you take the Lord's Supper, you've got to take it with faith in what the Bible says is connected to it. If you're just going in there and you don't even know what you're doing and you're just eating a cracker because everybody else is doing it, you may examine yourself and you may check yourself for sin and all that, but, but you're just eating a cracker and drinking some juice. It's not going to have to it the power that it would have if you're taking it with faith. Just like an example would be whenever you get prayer and somebody lays hands on you, the level of your expectancy to receive and you, you lay hold of it and you take it by faith is the level that, of the power of that prayer. You see what I'm saying? And I know that you guys have come here long enough to where things have happened enough to you and around you that whenever we pray, there's an expectancy. You kind of expect something to happen. You see what I mean? But see, some people come in and they don't know how to receive from God. And the main thing is they don't even understand faith of whenever somebody's praying for you, take it by faith. You, you literally take it and you receive it. Okay. And last night, Benny Hinn prayed for me and one of the things that God, I, when I went through the line, I felt, you know, I just had an expectancy to receive. Not just because Benny was praying, but because I knew that God wanted that. That was a divine appointment, and I, was, I had an expectancy. I'd gone there, and I had prayed, Lord, I'm hungry. I want something from you, and, and I asked the Lord for it. So when I was going there, and I was about to get prayer, I have faith. I'm like, thank you, Lord. I receive everything you have from me. And, I mean, it was powerful. But you have to, you have to be that way. You know, okay, so real quick about the Lord's Supper. This is really short, but I want to show you something. When Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, it was a Gentile church like this one, 
And, but the Corinthians was a real corrupt area. And so that church had a lot of issues. But listen to what he said in, in chapter 11, verse 17. In the following directives, I have no praise for you because your meetings do more harm than good. He said, in the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there's divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. So one of the big problems was division. Okay. Uh, 19, it says, no doubt there have been differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. That's interesting. So sometimes when there's differences among the body, it's because somebody's got God's approval and somebody doesn't. Verse 20, so then when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. He's rebuking them. He's saying it's not the Lord's Supper. For when you're eating, some of you go ahead with your own little private suppers. So people were going off in their little cliques. He said, don't you, he said, some of you, some people remain hungry and others are getting drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? Well, what shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this matter. Now listen, he goes on to say this, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed, he took bread and he blessed it. And I'm going to talk about that. He blessed the bread, okay? Then he broke it. And this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So when you do it, you do it remembering the Lord and the cross. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So you're proclaiming the Lord's death. I'm going to just real quick run through this, but you're proclaiming what he did for you on the cross. If you really get a revelation that your sin was nailed to the cross, that your sickness was nailed to the cross, that any deliverance issue was nailed to the cross, if you ever really get a revelation of what Jesus really did for you and you take the Lord's Supper in faith, it's like when you're sitting there taking the Lord's Supper, it's like you're saying, Lord, everything in my life is being nailed right now to the cross. I'm dead. It's not me anymore. It's you living through me. Any of the junk, any of the stuff that you paid for me to have is nailed to the cross. Do you see what I'm saying? And you're proclaiming, even though you may do it quietly to yourself, the power of communion, because it represents the Lord's body and blood, is so powerful that it is. it has a proclamation to it. It's a proclamation that has like sound wave effects that's echoing out around you. Do you understand what I'm saying? It has effects in the spirit realm around you. When I take the Lord's Supper, it doesn't just affect me, but it affects everything around me. It affects my family. It affects the church I'm over. When I take the Lord's Supper, it releases something to everything in my sphere of authority. So, verse 27, So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. So with that unworthy manner are people that are justifying sin. Maybe they're, they're in a, an adulterous affair or something, but they're living in sin and they're not willing to repent of it. And they're coming to church and they're taking the Lord's Supper and they want the benefits of that. But then they still want to go home and sin. That's actually drinking judgment on themselves. Because it's the cup of blessing, but whenever people are playing games with it, it becomes the cup of judgment. Okay? Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat the bread and drink the cup. For those who eat and drink 
without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number have fallen asleep or died. So let me read that in terminology that we use today. That is why many people are weak and sick and die before their time. Because they're not taking communion the way Christ has ordained it to be taken. And that is with faith. But if we were more discerning with regards to ourselves, we would not come under judgment. All right, let me skip down. Let me give you some promises about him. Now, first off, Jesus took the bread and he blessed it, which I shared. Matthew twenty six twenty six. Now, as they were eating, Christ took the bread. After blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take eat. So when it comes to communion, one of the things you guys don't see, but I want to tell you about it is, is that I always get the juice and all the, the wafers and things that are purchased, and I gather them up, and I speak a blessing over them before we ever even take it. I'm setting that stuff apart as Holy Communion, okay? In the early church, they would, they would have a lot of the wine was just common there, but they also bread was common. And so while they were eating, they would set apart, just like Jesus did, they would set apart a loaf of bread and go, okay, we're taking communion now. And they would bless this loaf of bread, even though there were several other loaves of bread, they would bless this loaf of bread and break it and start passing it around, okay? Jesus did that, and he took a cup, and he said, okay, there's a lot of different cups here, but I'm taking this cup now. And he blessed it, and then he passed that cup around. So it's important that you you set apart the the grape juice some people use wine but the grape juice and the bread you set it apart and bless it and sanctify it as holy communion number one when you do that first corinthians ten sixteen says you drink a blessing upon yourself it calls it the cup of blessing so you can understand whenever you're taking communion you are actually drinking a blessing on yourself the Bible says the blessings that were given to Abraham come on you as Gentiles through Christ Jesus. So whenever you're sitting here proclaiming the Lord's death and you're eating that, it goes down into your body and drinking that, it's bringing a blessing upon you. But this happens by faith. See, when I take the Lord's Supper, I'm doing it, it, doing it like this. I'm drinking a blessing upon myself. I'm doing it with faith, expecting it. And this is the last little bit. Number one, there's a deep consecration that happens to you. The Bible says in the Old Testament, the priest would eat of the sacrifice, okay? It says they became so holy, even what they touched became holy. The power of the cross is it sanctifies and makes you holy. You understand whenever you take the Lord's Supper that there's a deep consecration that happens to your body, your soul, and your spirit that you are set apart as so holy unto God. Your temple is is very holy. It's hallowed. And that's a very powerful thing. The next thing that happens is the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, that first part, just for the sake of it being recorded, deep consecration was Leviticus 6, 18. But the yeast being purged out is 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Yeast always represents sin. Here's what I've seen. As people are taking communion on a regular basis, it's purging the sin out of their life and out of a church. The early church really did take communion on a daily basis and at least a weekly basis. Because it says in the book of Acts, they broke bread weekly 
And so you eat more than once a week. So they had to do it at least weekly. But I guarantee you a lot of those people did it every day. They were expecting the Lord's return, and they just took it all the time. But here's the thing. As you're taking the Lord's Supper as a church, it's purging the yeast out from among you. I've seen some people that God just removes, and they need to go. But as we're taking the Lord's Supper, it's like a sovereign thing where the Lord looks down and he sees that there's a blemish, and this person won't repent. This person won't change. The Lord knows their heart. And next thing you know, you come back to take the Lord's Supper next week, and they're not there. And they just disappear. The Lord will purge the yeast out of a church, purge the sin out. The next thing is healing. And Brother Benny gave a story. But I'm going to tell you one of the things. I've been around sick people quite a bit for the last couple of years just here and there, and I didn't get sick. And I was I was concerned a little bit about it, like, Lord, I don't need this, but here's somebody sitting right by me just coughing and stuff. But I really believe this is why, because I take the Lord's Supper every day. And every day I take it, I'm like, by his stripes, I'm healed, and I'm healthy. But I do it with faith. It's not just eating something and drinking something out of a dead ritual. Yeah, I do this every day, throw it in your mouth, all this. I mean, I really take it with faith and expect that my health is improving because I'm taking it. Do you see what I'm saying? And Brother Benny gave the story for those that weren't there, and I could tell stories, but many people are healed taking the Lord's Supper. I don't know if you knew that. But Benny was saying that his father-in-law was on his deathbed with cancer and was so weak that whenever they brought communion, he could barely eat the bread and drink the wine because he was so weak. His, his liver had shut down. His kidneys were shut down. He was dying. He was on his deathbed. And they came in, and this guy was sharing about the power of communion. And what happens is, is when he was sharing it, everybody's faith shot up because faith comes by hearing the word. So he was sharing about what I'm doing. I'm sharing communion, and everybody's faith skyrocketed. And he told the guy on the deathbed, if you'll start taking the Lord's Supper every day, God will raise you up. Well, the guy started taking it every day for about 30 days, and he was totally, completely healed. It was a miracle. But the reason why he was healed, it's not about the juice and the bread it's what it represents and when you set it apart as holy communion and you bless it this is holy communion i take it with faith it releases awesome power in your life it's just like water baptism now i'm getting ahead of myself because i'm gonna get into this next week but whenever people do stuff with faith there's a lot of water baptisms that go on in the body of christ that is nothing more than a dead ritual and that's the way they want it they, they downplay it. They belittle it. They say this is just something we have to do. It's not a big deal. It don't save you and all this stuff. And they, they try to minimize it as much as they can. And then they just dunk people and throw You know, but if they would understand, of course it don't save you. That That's a stupid doctrine, okay? Of course it don't save you, but there is power in it. And when you share the word of God and people go under the water in faith and they come up with an expectancy of the power of water baptism, it changes things. Trust me. All right, the next thing is healing and deliverance. I said about healing and deliverance. Many people are delivered while taking the Lord's Supper because the demonic hates the blood of Jesus. I'm just telling you. There was a woman that shared, um, Dorian Irvine was a witch, and she got saved in England, has a book called Free from Witchcraft, really good book. But in her testimony, she said that she went to a church. She was still demonized. She had come to know Jesus, water baptized, was trying to live the life, but she was very demonized. And when she was sitting in this church and they brought out communion and the the what represented the wine or grape juice, whatever, and the bread would get anywhere near her, 
next thing she knew she was getting off the ground manifesting evil spirits and people did people were freaking out but the demonic didn't want her taking it and was trying to hinder that make a long story short she ended up finding how many knows there's a preacher somewhere okay and she tried to get people to help her and they they were scared of it and all that but she finally found somebody that wasn't scared of it and he got her delivered then she would go back to church and take communion but the the power of communion remember it makes you so holy the blood of jesus covers you that the demonic hates that and so think about that it's protecting you another thing is the blood does protect in job 1 9 through 11 job was way before even the law of moses but he was shed blood every day for his family and it was a he was looking to jesus one day but anyway he would shed blood and satan himself told god there's a hedge of protection around job and his family and everything he owns it's because of the blood so if the blood of an animal way before jesus christ had that much power to put a hedge around his whole family where satan couldn't touch him how much more powerful is the blood of jesus today so whenever you're taking communion it putting the blood over your life is just done by faith but when you take communion the blood comes over your whole life your family your finances your health your property and when the blood comes over you it puts a hedge around you and the enemy can't touch you the last couple things is life jesus said if you eat my flesh and drink my blood you will have life we talk about the same spirit that raised jesus from the dead lives in you he gives life to your mortal body there's a flow of life whenever you take communion and then first samuel 21 um david and his men they ate the consecrated bread when they were going to battle remember and it gives strength for the battle and i love uh psalm 23 i didn't have it in here but david listen to what he said you leave me beside still waters restore my soul though i walk through the valley of the shadow of death i won't fear any evil because your rod and staff come for me but he said you give me a table in the presence of my enemies that's communion you give me a table and you anoint my head with oil you cause my cup to overflow and goodness and mercy will follow me i'm not going to fear going through the valley of the shadow of death because i have this table and in revelation it said don't forsake your first love or you'll lose the anointing the lampstand but the first love there was the love feast it was communion anyway in the greek it says supreme love feast but what it was the lord was saying don't neglect communion or you'll start losing the anointing and that's what it means you'll lose your lampstand which is the anointing but if you honor communion your head gets anointed with oil and your cup overflows there's a fresh anointing that comes with communion so first peter two twenty four, he bore in his body our sins that we can die to sin live to righteousness by his stripes we were healed galatians three thirteen, he became a curse for us so that the blessings given abraham come on us as gentiles job 1 9 the blood forms a hedge around us john six fifty three through 59 if you eat my flesh and drink my blood you will have life in first samuel 21 david's men had strength for the battle all right now i wanted to share that real quick because i wanted to get that in you when you take the lord's supper i want you to do it tonight with faith and expectancy that things are going to start changing in your life there's when you take the lord's supper you're proclaiming his death the old is passing the new is arising 
That's what Jesus paid for. And I realize that that comes in layers in our lives because we're human beings and there's a sanctifying thing going on in all of us. But as you take the Lord's Supper, the yeast is being purged out. You're being strengthened. You're being brought into the Holy of Holies. The blessings are coming on you. It's a huge thing. So, Lord, as we take the Lord's Supper right now, I pray that there would be a release of faith that would remain. It won't just be something that is a temporary faith, but it's a great faith. Because even the veil of flesh that was in the temple that was ripped, whenever we're taking the Lord's Supper, it's like we're piercing through the flesh and we're dying to the flesh. We're piercing through into the Holy of Holies by taking the Lord's Supper. It's an awesome, powerful thing. And I pray the blood comes over our lives and brings protection. We're made so holy even what we touch becomes holy. The yeast is purged out. We're healed. We're set free. The blessings of God rest on our lives. So I want you to take a moment, examine yourself for any sin you need to confess or any uh, forgiveness issues. Make sure and forgive others. And then take the Lord's Supper as you're ready to take it.